Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast show, a podcast that helps foster respect through inclusion, service, and equity. This is episode 12, The Power of Accrediting Life Experience, with your host, Stacey Hegarty, the Vice President of ENI, and her guest, Dr. Gita Verma of Lived X. Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast. I'm Stacey Hegarty, Vice President of Equity and Inclusion for Envision Rise. Joining me today is Professor Gita Verma, the founder of Lived X. Gita, thank you for joining us today. We're very excited to hear about your Lived X project and all the exciting things you're learning there. But first, tell us about yourself. Give us some of your background so that we can get to know you a little bit. Yes, thank you for having me first. It's such an exciting opportunity. I am a professor of science education at the University of Colorado, Denver, and I've also launched this company called LiveDex. LiveDex stands for Lived Experiences, and what we're trying to do here is to change the status quo when it comes to academic and professional skills and broaden the notion of academic achievement so we can create more inclusive spaces for all students, including minoritized students and girls. So when you're talking about academic achievement and expanding that definition, that to me sounds like a whole lot more than grades and GPAs and how well somebody tests. Is that fair to say? It's very fair to say. And I want to connect this conversation to what's happening in the field related to this idea about essential skills, essential life skills. People use various terms. Some people prefer terms like essential life skills, which we use in academic literature, but you may also be familiar with soft skills, power skills, marketable skills, and so on and so forth. 21st century skills, we're 20 years into 21st century skills, but we continue to use that. So the idea here is that for students to succeed in their academic and professional work, there are foundational skills that they need to master and get better at. Simultaneously, we also need to look at the conversations about structural inequities and all of those things. These are parallel conversations. We can't put all the burden on students. However, we need to recognize that our students come from various backgrounds and they bring different skill sets. Academic and professional achievement measures one kind of skills, which is academic skills. It could be through GPA or course grades or all of those things. But we want to, through LiveDex, we want to go a little bit beyond that. And we want to say that essential life skills that our students demonstrate in their lived experiences these skills provide growth opportunities in school, work, education, and I would say life in general. And we need to spend more time kind of understanding how we can provide these opportunities for students. When I worked in higher education during my first career, that came up a lot from employers and internship and externship sites that Students need to have better soft skills. And it was kind of a catch-all term that, that people used, and it was never particularly well-defined. Ask one person, you'll get one definition. Ask another, you'll get another. So how are you defining these essential life skills for students or the soft skills or the marketable skills? How are you defining it for LiveDex? You've captured it very well. It's challenging to describe, define, or, you know, capture. 
because there's a body of literature. So if you look at the Harvard ESL project, they are trying to map about 40 frameworks related to this topic and trying to understand what these frameworks do, how they talk to each other, what exactly do these skills mean? What is our shared meaning making around it, right? You go to different countries, different countries are doing their own version of it. And so if I look at the easel work and all of those things, I'm reading all that body of literature. I'm saying, yeah, we want our students to have good collaboration skills, right? What does that really mean? And so when I was looking at the framework, I started to think about what would this look like for students? Like, how would they demonstrate? And not only how would they demonstrate by learning through a workshop or, you know, a course, rather, how do they demonstrate in their lived experiences? Because if they demonstrate their skills in lived experiences and we can help them understand that you already have these skills, I think we would help them kind of conceptualize this learning space where they're not coming with a blank space where we have to teach them everything. They're coming to the table saying, oh, I have these skills and I can use this to do well academically and professionally. I think that's where the field is agreeing, saying, yes, we need to do this. We need to teach our students, whether you want to call it social emotional skills, you know, CASEL, collaborative for academic social emotional learning, or you look at ACTE, holistic framework, or you look at Colorado Department of Education. So Colorado Department of Education, since I'm based in Colorado, I'm paying attention to that. They have come up with these categories, which they're calling communicator, community member, problem solver, empowered individual. An empowered individual would be somebody who has, let's say, self-awareness, right? Or resiliency, right? All of these social emotional skills. In communicator, what they've done is they've put digital literacy, data literacy, collaboration, working together, all of those skills together. So the point I'm trying to make it is like every institution, every state, every country is trying to package them because these skills also are very culturally, situationally oriented, right? They vary from country to country, society to society, culture to culture. But the main idea remains the same, that we want to value these skills. We want to bring them to the forefront before we actually start to talk about academic opportunities. Because in my work as a STEM education professor, I have done a lot of work and we were bringing really exciting learning opportunity ideas to students through our NSF projects and so on and so forth. And what I was beginning to see that some students will engage and some won't engage. So I started to dig deeper and said, yeah, this student needs this kind of foundational skills before they can engage. So we come to the table thinking everybody's at the same place, but they're not. And I think we need to dig a little bit deeper for all of our students. So then that brings up a couple of thoughts for me. One is the differentiated learning that needs to take place in the classroom, which I think is extremely taxing on especially K through 12 faculty who maybe have 35 students in the classroom. So that makes it a challenge. Then there's the other piece of this, which is assessing and measuring. How do you go about measuring these kinds of skills? This is not something that you would generally say, sit down and take a test and we can tell you 
what your grade is in this area. So let's talk about that and how LivedX is helping to quantify these experiences a little bit so that students can talk to it and can share that with whether it's a potential college or a potential employer in the future. Wonderful question, actually. So I think this is a nice segue into what we are able to do or what we're trying to do in LivedX. So through LivedX, what we are trying to accomplish is to help students document their lived experiences, their life stories, their mini stories. And then we help them create a narrative around it. And we've created this framework called LivedX, which comes from the research, you know, work. And then what we're trying to do is we're trying to tease out the embedded skills in these written narratives, right? And in order for us to do that, so I want to kind of make a clarification point that LivedX is an educative tool. It's not an evaluation tool. I have designed it very mindfully to stay. We tend to test everything and we don't need to do that, especially in this space, because if we start to do that, we will be back to where we are in our educational spaces, having our minoritized kids and, you know, especially in STEM, for example, girls not being able to accomplish as well as the majority kids. So it's an educative tool. So students submit their experiences, their narratives, then we start to tease out the embedded skills. We've done some integrated reliability work, and based on that, we've created a machine learning algorithm. So the machine learning algorithm is what is allowing us to scale this up because it is a labor of love. So think about qualitative research. My colleagues will understand, you understand, you worked in academia. That is a labor of work. So we have been able to take that labor of work and translate into an automated process. We're able to do that. Now, in terms of the way we are doing it is, Because students are documenting their lived experiences happening in various aspects of life, it doesn't add any burden to the teachers, right? So they don't have to do anything. The students come and use LivedEx. We, quote unquote, help them create their profile, help them understand what those experiences mean. And they can sit down with the teacher and have a conversation about, oh, I'm showing all these skills in this particular category, but I'm not showing in this. What do I have to do? So we are trying to solve that problem by not adding more to the teacher's desk or educator's desk. I, myself, being an educator, appreciate that stance about kind of finding innovative ways to solve this problem. Then the second thing is, so how does then we help students when they have a certain profile? This is where our phase two work comes in, where we're going to have content guided by, you know, these skill sets, all these 21st century skills or essential life skills. So there would be on-demand content. It'll be a content created by adult mentors. So we will have this mentorship piece, which could be a one-on-one mentoring, a group like a classroom situation or on-demand kind of a thing, a combination of mentorship and content. So students can look at their own profiles, use it as a learning tool And then create learning, a very customizable, like you said, learning opportunity that works for them. That's where we're going with this work. This is so interesting because as you're describing this, it occurs to me that one of the soft skills or essential life skills that I think colleges and potential employers are interested in is how self-aware are you? And this is really encouraging students at an early age to become much more self-aware of 
where they are proficient, where maybe they are not quite so proficient, and also be able to look at the things we aren't measuring in the classroom necessarily and realize how much they actually have to bring to the table that may not be directly related to a standardized test score or their ACTs. How are you working with students to learn to recognize their own proficiency and also to admit when they're not maybe where they need to be or want to be and how to go about reaching out for that kind of assistance as well? Yes. So we are early on in the process and we've done pilot testing with two schools. And based on the input we have received from students, so we've gotten both technology input saying how easy this tool is. And the feedback we're getting is it's very, very easy to use. You know, you don't have to navigate. Like we don't have to do an orientation per se. So we actually had our pilot students come and use it like cold, right? Like here's the tool, register and use. So that to me, that tells me that the students are able to navigate the tool itself. The other aspect of is like, okay, I've used the tool. What does it really mean for me? So we are trying to make sense of that in two different ways. One is that we are allowing students to stack their micro-credentials, because these are micro-credentials that you receive in LibTax, to stack those micro-credentials and actually come to the University of Colorado Denver and earn a college credit in these categories. Because folks recognize what a college credit is, what value it holds, right? So we LiveDex has a partnership with the University of Colorado Denver, and uh, students can do that. And we're finding out that some high schools, especially early colleges, are wanting their students to earn this college credit because it allows them to earn college while in high school, but also allows them to get these credentials that they can use if they're going to join the workforce. The second piece is, if you don't want the college credit, great. We will figure out a way to give you, quote unquote, badges that you can then put it on your social media or your LinkedIn profile or any of those things. Now, if you look at people's LinkedIn profiles, they will be folks always say, my soft skills are so and so and so. I mean, it's part of your resume, right? What we're trying to do is basically a data-driven kind of information related to your essential life skills that we are validating that, yes, if you have this badge or if you have these skills, then we can make a claim that, yes, you actually have demonstrated. And you've not demonstrated through a course and an assignment. You've demonstrated through your lived experiences. That means you've actually done and demonstrated these skills in real life. And it could be in work. It could be anywhere else, which is a more robust, holistic way of looking at a person. You know, I teach courses. We do assignments. We finish the assignments. We get a grade. And yes, we absolutely learn something. But to say that I'm a great communicator by doing a workshop and then doing an assignment is different than saying I've demonstrated effective communication skills in my life. I think that is the value that LiveDex brings to the table. So let's dig a little deeper into the example of communication skills. So let's pretend I'm a student, I log into LivedX, and I want to demonstrate my proficiency with communicating. How would LivedX help me do that? What would I be doing in order to prove that? Right. So the LivedX platform basically allows you to engage in this reflective process, which you were mentioning earlier. 
early on, if we start to reflect, then I think we become self-aware, which is one of the skill sets that Colorado Department of Education is calling Empower Individual. So the way we are doing it is that we have created these prompts in the system where you choose a drop down. So you could say, if you're demonstrating communication, communication is different criteria, written communication, oral communication, conflict resolution, right? All of these categories. And those are all embedded in the framework. Then we will help you kind of think about these, we prompt you, and then we give you these prompts, like tell us a brief story of what happened because LibDex is all about life stories. And then what did you do? What would you do differently? And so on and so forth. So it's a sequence of prompts that you respond to. So while you're documenting your lived experience, you're reflecting as well. And you're reflecting in a very future forward way, saying, oh, yeah, I did it. I did well or not. But moving forward, I would do it this way. Or I would say, no, this was a great successful experience for me. And I wouldn't do anything different. And then you document that and that becomes the narrative and that's what quote unquote gets coded as using the LiveDex framework. So you start to then build your profile in your communication category. And then it goes on from that category to we have about seven big categories. And then within seven big categories, we have about 30 additional categories, which is what allows us to give this broad spectrum of credentials because life is nuanced, life is complex. It's challenging to capture life, but if we can, then we are very proximal to what that person really represents rather than an exam or a paper or a grade. You mentioned how complex life is, and the last year or more has certainly taught us that. And I know COVID has slowed everything down, including your LivedEx project. Can you give us an idea of what are the early results showing? I know you're early on and got slowed down a little bit. What are you seeing so far? Yes, everything was put on hold in spring of 2020. But fortunately, the two school districts we were partnering with came back in fall and we continued. So we didn't have that much of a break, which is fabulous, which also gives me a great deal of comfort and you know validation of the idea saying, okay, folks are really interested in doing this. So we continued our pilot and based on our early data, what we are finding out, so a couple of things, what we are finding out is that our minoritized students, their overall credentials are more than white students or mainstream students, which is great because they can then stack those micro-credentials on college credit. But if you start to dig deeper, then we start to see some discrepancies. For example... Our students of color do not receive a lot of micro-credentials in communication and collaboration based on the data we've received so far. And which begs the question, why is that these students are not documenting experiences that capture collaboration and communication skills? Because if they don't have the experiences, then they don't write about it and then they don't receive the micro-credentials. Girls, it's the same situation. Overall, they earn more credentials than boys But if you start digging deeper, they earn credentials in certain categories more than others, which if we think about is it makes sense. So then we start to look at aggregated data and then we start to desegregate data and we can start to see this kind of pattern emerge in terms of we need to do more collaborative teaching or experiences of collaboration and communication in our K-12 and maybe university settings. So 
I think that's what we're finding out. And that's exciting to me because I can go back to the school districts and the universities we work with saying, listen, this is the data we are getting. So we are prompting your students, but they're choosing not to use these categories. So there's something going on here. If you want these students to succeed in the workforce or in you know, college admissions or any of those things, that's something you need to look at. Some very interesting early evidence. I can't wait to hear what comes next from this. What is next for LivedX? What's the next step in this? And what do you see coming up down the road? Yes. So in spring of 2021, I started reaching out to more schools and institutions and excited to share that we have a lot of institutions coming on board. So that's very, very exciting. A little nerve wracking as well, because you're going to be working with like thousands of students, if not more than that. But at this stage, I think that's very exciting. So in terms of traction, it's moving right along. We are also beginning to build this feature of the content and the mentor feature, because that's the phase two that I talked about earlier. And we are kind of talking to a few other groups that are also in edtech space and see if we can have some partnerships going on, because that is a feature that I would want to launch early next year. So that's the tech piece of it. What I envision for LiveDex is it becomes an educative tool for educational settings, for even workforce employers, using this to help their employees reflect on who I am and what my skill sets are beyond my degrees, beyond my academic credentials. So I can then find learning opportunities that help me move and grow in my professional and personal spaces. This sounds like a truly equity building tool. And I know in my work, when I'm dealing with a professional setting as opposed to an educational setting, a lot of times people aren't sure how to go about creating more equity within the workforce. And I think that's something that schools struggle with as well. So this is a really exciting tool that I think could open up a lot of visibility into those skills that students have that are easily overlooked or not even measured at all. You look at resumes. You look at job requirements when they're listed in job postings, and many times it is focused on credentials and degrees and what you've done in the past, and not really talking about some of these skills that we know employers believe are crucial to success. So this is very interesting. I love this. How can people get in touch with you, Professor Verma, if they want to get involved, want to hear more? How can they reach you and the LiveDex team? You can reach us at hello at livedex.com. You can also reach me through my university email. Both are available. The website is livedex.com and there's a contact us button there as well. So you can reach us that way. And I would invite folks to connect with me, have a conversation and learn more about LiveDex and see how we can move this conversation about making a more equitable and just society by not having a deficit perspective about people's lived experiences rather than an asset-based perspective. And that's what LiveDex is trying to do, is to be inclusive of people's lived experiences and translating those into credentials that ultimately will benefit the folks that are using LiveDex. I love this. This is so exciting. Last question I have, we ask of our guests, what are you doing or learning that doesn't have to do with work? 
over the pandemic times, a lot of people took up new hobbies, learned new things. Is there anything you're getting interested in that doesn't have to do with your career and your professional life? Of course. (laughs) I joined a painting group. I was invited by a friend in California and we would all get together on Fridays. But I got a little discouraged because they were so good. And I was like, you know, a novice painter. I did that. So I tried painting. I tried this game. What do you call it? Jenga? Yeah. Right. Yes. So I kind of felt like the pandemic gave me an opportunity to explore things that I probably would not have explored otherwise. And at least I now know what I like or I don't like. Right. (laughs) That sounds fun. And I would probably join you in Jenga and not in painting. I know that's not where my talent lies. Thank you so much, Professor Gita Burma, for joining us today on the Envision Rise podcast. This is very interesting. I do want you to come back once you've got phase two going a little bit so that we can talk more about what you're seeing, how this is helping students, and ways that we can help partner together to make sure that students are getting what they need and being able to micro-credential their lived experiences. If you'd like more information about Envision Rise, you can find us at EnvisionRise.com. All of our podcasts are available there, as well as information about Envision Rise programs. Thanks so much. I'm Stacey Haggerty. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, diversity and inclusion should not be treated as a one-off initiative. And so with your help, we can get this message to more people. Subscribe, rate, and review the show and be a part of making a difference because it starts with you.